0: Liverpool 3-0 Call it, take it quickly Origi! Yeah!
1: Hello and welcome to the Anfield Central podcast We're back after our Christmas break And it looks like the Reds have enjoyed a little bit of that Christmas dinner as well, doesn't it James? Um, <laughs> we're back after um, a couple of weeks But it seems like the positivity that we left off on has Kind of drained away a little bit in recent weeks <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, don't know what's taken more years off my life, the eating and drinking over the Christmas period or <laughs> Liverpool's last three performances. Uh, it's not been a fun watch at the moment. Um and yeah, just just looking for any source of positivity that we can at the moment, just looking for something to cling
1: on to. Yeah, well let's let's look at the last game to to start with then. Obviously it was a two-two draw away at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea, another one of the, I guess you'd say, title contenders. Ordinary, I guess you'd think. A draw away at Stanford Bridge isn't a really, you know, it's not a bad result. But when you go 2-0 up and you throw away the lead, it, it has a bit of a bitter taste, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think you said it right. The, you know, coming away from Stanford Bridge with a point, especially with no Matip. Obviously, Kanate's come in. Um, Allison's out, so Kelleher had to step up. You know, under them circumstances, you know, a point away at Stanford Bridge. We're also fight, you know, seeing his title challenges at the beginning of the season. Um, and up until a few weeks ago were, you know, it's not a bad point, but like you said, to be 2-0 up and to have just given away a needless free kick by James Milner, I thought up until that point, I thought he played really well. But then to go and give a free kick away in the, you know, with five, six minutes to go until halftime for them to score. And then you're just thinking, you know, take the sting out of the game, just cling on till time. and then they go and score again. And then all of a sudden it's, it, it's 2 2 at half time when you're thinking, you know, have Liverpool got enough to get out of the game? I thought we had a good couple of chances in the second half, Mane or one or two, and obviously Salah has that one where he tries to chip Mendy from about 25, 20 yards out. But, you know, I think Liverpool at half time, I think Philip Linders just would have said, try and ride the storm and try and come away with a point. And, you know, they did that in the end.
1: And I guess when it comes on the back of those other two, Quite poor results. A draw away at Tottenham again. You don't want to use COVID to, as an excuse, but the midfield was pretty kind of empty almost in that in that Tottenham game, wasn't it? We had, you know, young Tyler Morton in there, James Milner and, and Nabi Kate, who both just came back from injuries. And then a defeat away to, to Leicester City, where I thought for large spells, Liverpool actually played really well, particularly in that first half against Leicester City. At most, Alamiss is a penalty and you lose one-nil. And I think it was Leicester's only shot on target. It was that Adamola Lookman goal. Just how costly do you think these three results could become the end of the season? Man City have got a bit of a gap now. They're kind of going through the motions of winning every week at the minute. Do you think realistically the title may have gone over those three games? I don't think it's gone. And I,
0: I don't want to live in a world where the, the title's gone in, jan- in the first weekend of January. Um, it is going to be tough, but I do think they've probably got the, the the bad results out of the way at a good time because now you've got the rest now because it's the FA cup this weekend. And then the following weekend, you've got Brentford and palace and then it's the two week winter break. Yeah. Um, so as it come at the right time, we can start resting a few players now. Um, but yeah, disappointing to have been two, one up at Spurs and two nil up at Chelsea and to come away with only two points from them, two games it is. It is a little bit concerning, and the Leicester one. I think the Leicester game is just a freak game. If Salah misses a penalty and then hits the bar from the rebound, I think straight away you knew it's not going to be Liverpool's night. Yeah, and sure. that crowd at, yeah, that crowd at, you know, the King Power, they can get, they can create a bit of an atmosphere, and they did get on the, on the, you know, behind the team, and you know, then results can happen. But to be two-one up against Spurs and to be 2-0 up against Chelsea and to come away. With only two points, that that is the most disappointing thing.
1: And in that Leicester game as well, Casper <clears throat> Schmeichel has also made a, a few really good saves. And so, like you say, we've not. I think everything that's gone against us in recent weeks seems to, you know, have done right, in terms of the rub of the green that you need in these kind of title races. Whereas for Man City, <laughs> they seem to be getting all of the all of the look in terms of you know the VAR decisions that you saw in that in their fixture against Arsenal. They obviously score a last a, a last minute winner. They got a penalty against Wars a few weeks ago that was a bit. There's the Newcastle one, the Edison, where he comes yeah. out and takes Fraser out. So there's quite a few examples, whereas with, with us lately, we've had, you know, you can say, you know, the Leicester game, you missed a penalty, that's your own fault and you, you're not clinical enough. Mane misses a really good chance at 0-0. But in that Tottenham game, you just think Harry Kane probably should have been sent off and Diego Jota's denied for my mind, a stonewall penalty. I've seen a lot softer penalties given for for, for less than what we saw there. So as well as maybe not being at the races in terms of our form and the absences through COVID, on top of that, it seems like you don't want to moan about decisions all the time because obviously you make your own look and you have to, you know, win yourself. But those decisions seem to be going against Liverpool as well at the minute.
0: Yeah, I think the saying is, is that you know, the the luck averages itself out over the season. You might get seven decisions for you and seven decisions against you. And over the course of the season, it does balance out. But I think it's coming at critical times now where, you know, it was 1-1 when Jota, you know, should have had the penalty. Then Liverpool, you think it going two one three one 2-1, 3-1 up, even with the red card. He's then still got a two-goal lead. In the Chelsea game... Um, you know, you look at that one and it was just that momentum of the five minute switch that Chelsea had in that game. So, like you said, you don't want to seem like you're crying about the referees, and you don't want to say, you know, sit, the Premier League want Manchester City to win. And like I've seen on Twitter all weekend since that Arsenal game that the refs are in the favour of Man City. I do think Liverpool will get the rubber the green eventually over the course of the season. I just think everyone's looking at those three games of what Liverpool didn't get or what Man City have got and I'm making a little bit more out of it, but Especially yeah. in that Spurs game, you get, you know, you, you get the rub of the green in that one. And then I think the momentum carries on then. I just think the momentum's completely been stalled. And then the team get ready to play Leeds. That gets called off. You've then got to pick yourself up, go play Leicester. You know, you you don't get the rub of the green in that one in terms of our, you know, penalty and then missing the rebound and Kasper smichael playing really well. And then you go and play Chelsea. And then there's that freak five minutes where they get the two goals back. And yeah, it's it's... It's not been a good Christmas and New Year for
1: Liverpool. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because I think before the Christmas break, we were saying that historically Klopp's, since Klopp's been at the club, the Christmas and New Year period have been quite good for for Liverpool. We've kind of done really well. Obviously, the one that sticks out is that title winning season when we had to play the Club World Cup in Qatar, but we still managed to basically win every every Premier League fixture last year. Maybe not so much, but that was around the time when we didn't have any of the centre-halves fit. Um, But... What we can control is, I guess, our, our midfielders and our, and our players that we do have available. And at the minute, it just seems like the midfield is kind of, I wouldn't want to say letting the rest of the, the team down as such, but in recent weeks, maybe it's because of availability, maybe it's because of um, players just not being fresh, not sure what, but the likes of Jordan Henderson. And you say James Milner as well. I think he probably played better than some people are making out on on social media at the weekend. Obviously, he was involved in a big incident in the game that led to the, the Kovacic goal. The midfield just doesn't seem as on it as usual. And I don't know whether that's because, like I say, we've got less bodies in that area of the pitch or the bodies we do have in that area of the pitch just aren't up to just basically aren't up to the, the standard we need right now. Not that they not on, won't get back to that, but at the moment, these guys, probably of them, Fabinho, are playing a little bit under par.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think I've seen Jordan Henderson have a worse 90 minutes or, or how long he played in that game and he got brought off. I don't think I've seen him have a worse game than I've ever seen He just couldn't do anything right. Every loose ball he tried to pick up, it was going straight back to Chelsea. Every knockdown he was trying to win was going straight back to Chelsea. And Yeah, Thiago was obviously a big miss. I think we all thought he was coming back and we all expected him to play some part in the Chelsea game. And then obviously it comes out he's got a muscle problem, which I don't think anyone realised how many muscle problems Thiago actually does get until until he signed for Liverpool. But And then... I think Fabinho was sloppy at times, but I think that's because he's being run ragged because he's trying to cover the ground that Henderson and Milner weren't picking up. So I don't think that was exactly his fault against Chelsea. Um, I thought Milner, for how long he played, I know, like you said, he gave away the free kick, but there's you know you can't predict that Kovacic is going to hit it in the top corner from twenty five yards out. No. But I thought apart from that, I think he covered the ground well. He was you know he made some important blocks, but. I think we're just seriously lacking some creativity in that midfield, and I think that's the problem. I think we've got the work ethic, and the robustness of of, of the midfield three, but there's just nobody creating any chances. You know, Oxley Chamberlain plays really well, then gets dropped. Then Naby had that unbelievable 45 minutes against Leicester off the bench of the Carabao Cup, completely changes the game. Then gets dropped for the Leicester game. <laughs> no, it's the same t- practically the same team he had. An unbelievable game against, then he gets dropped. And I don't, I think we just tried to go a little bit pragmatic, try not to lose that Chelsea game. Um, because you can't go even further behind somebody else who's challenging City. So a little bit too pragmatic, but you know, you can't, can't you know, Navi's gone, so he's not going to get another game. So you may as well have used well, it before it. we've
1: gone. Are you surprised that Keita didn't start that Chelsea game for because when I was thinking about it before the match, we know that maybe he's got some defensive um, question marks about him. I think the game that sticks out would be that Athletic Madrid away game where he scores a fantastic volley at one end past Yann Oblak. And then he's probably, you know, a little bit sloppy defensively. That leads to leads to a goal um, at, at the other end. But with him going to the, the African Cup of Nations, obviously he's now gone. You'd think that you'd want to use your guys that are going as much as possible because you know that in a week's time, you're not going to have them. So I thought that we'd, obviously Salah and Mane start pretty much every game but I was convinced that after being not started against Leicester he was definitely going to play this one but oddly Klopp or, or Lind- Linders was obviously in charge on the day but Klopp probably put the team went for Milner. is it was obviously that pragmaticness you speak about but at the same time I just thought having him in there because we could we created so many good chances on the on, like on the counter attack against Chelsea Chelsea started really really quickly but Obviously, the two goals, but there was pro- we probably could have scored at least one of them. There's one that sticks in my head where Salah um, hits it right at, at Mendy. If you had someone like Keita on there on the counter-attack, I think we could have really hurt them.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's where they went wrong in the Chelsea game. I think Henderson and Milner are pretty much the same player. they both got the same work rate. they will both put the bodies on the line for the team. So I think you could have maybe sacrificed one of them for like the likes of Naby because... Like you said, Chelsea did push forward, and especially in the second half, I think they only had Thiago Silva and Aspilicueta on the actual halfway line, and you would yeah. have had them two up against the pace and trickery of Salah, Jota, Mane and Nabi. And, you know, you'd put your money on them, at least, you know, causing them problems in that regard. So I think but it, it, it's more concerning for me to why he didn't play, because of how he played against Leicester in the Carabao Cup yeah. and then dropped against Leicester. And then, you know, it comes off the bench against Chelsea. But if you think of the lead up to the Carabao Cup, he came off the bench, um, he didn't get a lot of time against Spurs. He then only comes on at half-time against Leicester and then plays 45 minutes. Mm. He then comes off the bench against Leicester and only plays about half an hour in the Premier League. And then he only comes off the bench and plays 25. And then now he's gone for, you know, the League Cup games that are going to be vital to get to the final. He's missing an FA Cup game and then two league games. So, yeah. I just don't get it, really.
1: Do you think that maybe somewhere... We, when the summer transfer window came and went, we signed off to just one player over it with Kanate, um, And the one area that I think a lot of fans wanted strength in was the midfield. We we, we needed... Alden was basically an ever-present in that mid, midfield for three or four years. He played almost every game. He played pretty much all the big games. Um, he rarely got rotated out, whether that's because other players were injured or, or, or whatever the case may be. Do you think that... Whether it's Klopp or whether it's the board, regret not basically replacing Jeannie Vine Adam last last summer and put I don't know who would come in and fill fill that void in terms of a name, but just another body in that midfield. I guess they've had Harvey Elliott, who started the season really well for it, a bad injury, but at the same time, he's just an 18-year-old teenager having someone a bit more experienced because we know that thiago has got a history of injuries. He's a fantastic. Footballer, he's one of the best in his position in in the world. But you just have to look at his injury record for Bayern; that he's not going to play every single game like a Wijnaldum would. So, is there a sense of regret there that we didn't make that investment sooner?
0: Yeah, I, but I don't think that will come from Klopp. I think Klopp would have done everything he could to to keep Wijnaldum. Obviously, like you said, ever present since he came from Newcastle. You know, he made that midfield position his own. No one could really knock him out out of it. I still think. He's probably the most technically, the most technical player in that midfield three in terms of the ball at his feet in tight spaces. Um, he never seemed to run out of energy. Um, but I think it's come down to the board. I think they've looked at the logistics of how long Rinaldo wanted on his contract. Um, I think he wanted four years instead of three. And then he obviously wanted a significant pay rise, which is what he's got at PSG. I think Barcelona were even going to offer him a pay rise before PSG came in. Um and I've, I think, you know, the stalling over the Salah contract, who we're all saying is the you know the best player in the world at the moment, so it's no surprise to me that they have you know dug the heels in with Wayne Alden. But you know, there's no no question of how much we're missing him in that midfield at the moment. And he always scored big goals in big games as well. Yeah. Two goals mm-hmm. against Barcelona. He scored against Atletico Madrid um, in the quarterfinal. Um, he scored a header in that game. He scored against uh, Manchester City once or twice. So. You know, it, it, we all knew it was going to be a big miss, but I think we all thought if this midfield of Thiago Henderson and Fabinho could keep fit, then we wouldn't feel the blow as much. Obviously, with Thiago being injured pretty often, and you know, Fabinho's had COVID, and still don't think Henderson looks the player. So, since I think he got rushed to take part in Euro, you know, in the Euros in the summer, I don't think he's quite got up to speed as much um, as everybody else, but you know, maybe a, a little loan bid in January to try and get him in for six months because you know he wants to get away, but um yeah it's it's been a big miss.
1: Well in terms of who goes in because I think we all know that Liverpool will sign a midfielder in the summer. I think it's a glaring area of the of the squad that needs reinforcing when you look at the type of teams you know Man City can leave out Phil Foden and Jack Grealish and rotate in a Bernardo Silva and Amarez and in the midfield they can basically do Exactly the same thing with a Rodri for a Fernandinho or a Gundogan for a De Bruyne or whoever it may be. But our squad is—we know that our squad is never going to be probably as strong as a Manchester City. But in terms of the summer, if we were to bring a midfielder in, do you think we just need the one, or would you suggest just giving the whole area of the pitch a bit of an overhaul? When you consider that Milner's contract's probably going to be up. Um, and he, his age is 36 today at time of recording. Happy birthday, James. Um, and, and then Nabi Kaita, I'm not sure how long he's got his contract, but I'm pretty sure it's not, it's not too long. And he's we've spoken on the show over and over again about you know he's, his time at Liverpool is probably behind him more than it is ahead of him. What would your feelings be and what would your preferences be in, in, in signing midfielders? What areas of that midfield would you want? Because for me as well, I think that Fabinho... When he doesn't play, we really miss having another six in there.
0: Yeah, it's a difficult one with the midfield. And I think it's because they definitely need one. But in terms of signing the second one, I think it comes down to the question marks you've just said. Mm. You know, you've got Milner at 36. Do they offer him another contract? Or does he go straight into the coaching staff, which is what's been reported? There's also Nabicator's contract runs out in 2023. So come the summer, he's going to be in the final 12 months of his contract to Liverpool. Because when we've seen him this season, I've been really impressed with him. I think this is the best he's played yeah. consistently for Liverpool You know, in the, ta- in the games he's played. Did they give him a new contract? You've obviously got the likes of Chamberlain, who I think Liverpool are just trying to find a role for him. He's either playing out wide on the right. He played as the false number nine on Sunday when he came off the bench and then sometimes went over to left when Mane came more central. And then we've also seen him play as that box-to-box midfielder when he's played in the midfield three. So I think the, the dream that everyone's looking at is obviously a Jude Bellingham. You know, I think that's what everyone's looking for at his age and how long you're going to get yeah. out of him, um, the potential that's there. We've seen him play for England and Dortmund in the Champions League. Um, so I think that's the one who everyone would say you've got to jump towards if you're going to bring somebody in in, in that midfield. Um, but like you said, with Fabinho, I think an interesting one would be Sakaria from Munchen Gladbach. His contract runs up in the summer. Yeah, I think Bayern Munich, by brushing Gladbach, have said they'd accept something as little as six million for him because he's he said he's not signing a contract. So there are going to be options there for Liverpool. To you know, have a replacement for a Fabinho, like a Simicast, just to come in, in in cup games and and, and give Fabinho a rest because he's picked up a few injuries over the last twelve to eighteen months, and he's had COVID issues. So, like I said, there definitely needs to be one, but I think Liverpool need to think about the question marks over the other two or three players before you know they start jumping in two feet first and start signing midfielders left, right, and centre because. If Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago are all on form and they're all fit, it's who then do you take out to bring somebody else in? Because I think that on paper is is a really world-class midfield and you're going to have to find players who are going to be happy enough to sit on the bench if they're only going to be bit-part players.
1: Yeah, I think the whole of this month, as is always the case during the transfer window, is just going to be people <laughs> expecting um, or demanding signings when traditionally we don't really do much business at this time of the year. but we'll have to wait and see um just one final one on this chelsea game then now this season liverpool have played the top 6 every team in the top 6 at least once and the current top 6 that is which doesn't include manchester united um <laughs> but they've only they've only won one game um the only game we've won is the 4-0 at anfield against arsenal you think we've drew to man city at home we've drew twice with chelsea we've um drew away at Spurs and we've lost to West Ham. So in these really big games this season against those teams who are at the very top of the league, we've really underperformed. Whereas in previous years, these are the games where we've really excelled and we've kind of always done well in these big games in the Klopp era. And if anything, we've dropped points sloppily in um, teams you'd expect us to, to easily win against. Well, why do you think that, that is this season? I think it's the, the level of the top six has
0: increased massively since, since Klopp come in, and especially since you know that Champions the year we got to the Champions League final and onwards. You are now seeing the likes of Spurs have got a world class manager in Antonio Conte, and they've got really you know exciting players going forward. You know Son, Mora, Kane. And then you've got West Ham who have bought really well and have got a really good structure to how they play. I just think you've got a, a lot more. I think everyone's playing at a higher level. Now, then you see Chelsea used to down tools and then they'd have an off season, but they've not really had an off season. They've won the Champions League, finished top four two years in a row and are challenging for a title this year. And then all of a sudden, that final spot goes down to, you know, it used to be the top four used to be Liverpool United, Chelsea, and Arsenal for, for, you know, up until, you know, the money came in for City. Then one person came to join the party and one of those teams would have to drop out. Now all of a sudden, you know, four or five teams are fighting for that final spot, which I don't think we've ever seen. We know we've never, definitely never seen this before, and I just think that's what it comes down to. I think, though, the quality of the top six has improved significantly since Klopp came in. And like you said, I remember the the old top six mini table that they used to do every season. Liverpool would finish, you know, top or second in that, and would take pretty much maximum points. It'd be the odd draw, and it'd be the likes of a Newcastle or a Burnley where Liverpool would get two points out of a possible six against them. And that's what would cost you a title or a top four. But I just think it's the quality of everybody else who's gone up. You know, Chelsea have signed a £100 million striker who doesn't even want to be there. You know, Liverpool would, Liverpool would love to have that at the moment uh, because now that, you know, Mane and Salah have gone, you know, there's just just a really huge fit. And then you've got, you know, United have signed Ronaldo and City, like you said, signed Grealish for 100000000 million, don't even need to play him. And then Arsenal are improving. You know, Spurs have got Antonio Conte, so I just think it's the Premier League becoming more competitive. And I think the, the timings of we played a few of those games haven't helped. We've had Spurs just before Christmas, you know that was after you know, a, a run of games playing midweek, and then uh, Chelsea's come just what, three days after playing Leicester, and you've got a couple of COVID issues. So I think you know schedules are also important in how you play against the top six. You don't want to be playing them back to back or in mid-short weeks. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure going into the second half of the season, I'm sure, you know, Liverpool figured out because a lot of those games we've got to play at home now as well.
1: And so next up for Liverpool, it's um, the cup game against Arsenal, the first with the two legs. It's um, currently scheduled to take place on Thursday night at the time of recording. However, there's been more reports today that um, of a COVID, I'm not sure if outbreak's the correct word, but the training ground's been, been closed today, um, recording on the Tuesday. And at, we don't know if there's been any more positive cases as yet. Obviously, what we do know is that Jürgen Klopp has had a um, positive result, as has um, a few of the players, um, Joel Matip, um, Roberto Firmino and Alisson. But it looks like this game may... It's in doubt, basically. Um, but if, if it all does kind of go ahead as, as planned... It's going to be a really much changed team, isn't it, now that those guys have gone to the the African Cup of Nations. Do you think possibly a change of formation might be called for, especially in those forward areas? Because like you've just mentioned there, Josh is really the only kind of natural forward that we have fit at the moment. When you consider Firmino's currently got COVID and even the backups of Origi and Minamino are injured.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one for Klopp to try and, oh, and. Philip Linders, whoever's on the touchline, if the game goes ahead, to pick a team here. Really, I mean, I was thinking, as you were saying, then a change of formation. I was thinking maybe go to a diamond, but then I was trying to think: have we got enough midfielders to even go <laughs> with a diamond? Um, I think we could possibly say, but it I, I, it would be a risk of going with a front two of Jota and Chamberlain as, as as a workman front two and then playing a diamond with Fabinho, Henderson, Milner and Curtis Jones just playing in behind the front two. Maybe then that Lincoln as a front three of Chamberlain on the right, Jones on the left and Jota down the middle. Um, I think that's the strongest strongest forward line we can put out at the moment like you said. There's no right. news on when, no no news on Minamino, there's no news on Origi. I'm sure Firmino will probably still have to be isolating and then you don't know <laughs> what his much fitness is like. Um and then that's that's it I, I don't really as much as we've seen the likes you know with Nico Williams play on the right wing you know in in the previous rounds i don't really want to see that in a league cup semi-final because you know at the end of the day you're in the semi-final of a competition yes it, it doesn't you know get the greatest of respects but if you're in the semi-final i think you've got to you know do your best to go out and win it and uh, like Jamie Carragher said the other day seven years of Jurgen Klopp and only two trophies to show for it but the teams he's had, it's probably not, you know, it doesn't look as good as, you know, as other managers' CVs. Um, so I think, you know, go out there and, and, and try and win it, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that leads on to my next question, really. is Traditionally, we've seen Klopp not take the Cups particularly seriously for various reasons, whether it's scheduling reasons or we've just got bigger ambitions, really, over the last two or three years where we've won the European Cup and the Premier League title. So they've t- taken a bit of a back seat, but... This season, particularly in the Carabao Cup as it is now, despite the fact that the team we may have to field against Arsenal in the away leg is going to be much weakened due to the various absences that we've discussed, I think it's really time to, this year at least, take this one seriously. Because if you, we're probably the best team left in it, right? With Chelsea and Liverpool with the favourites. But historically, over the last few years, Liverpool have been playing better than Chelsea. So I think you'd make us just favourites over the Chelsea and the two North London clubs. So, you as a fan, surely we, you, we want to see us winning trophies as much as possible. We know that the League Cup isn't the most glamorous cup, but it's one to put in the cabinet, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's, at the end of the day, for these players, there'll be another medal to hang on the mantelpiece. There'll be another story to tell their children and grandchildren you know, when they're retired and, and stuff like that. And for a fan, you know, it's an excuse for another trip to Wembley. It's another day out in the pub if you can't get a ticket. It's yeah. you know it's it's something that we haven't seen. Obviously, the last time we won it was under you know Kenny Daglish and we beat Cardiff in the final. You know that's the, that's the last time we've won it. Um, and uh, you see it on Twitter every time we go through you know the Carabao Cup, and it's Liverpool have accidentally got themselves to a semi final, and <laughs> Liverpool have accidentally got them through. You know, but at the end of the day, Klopp made the changes against Leicester to try and win the game. Uh, so I think he is taking it a little bit more serious. But like you said, I don't think anyone takes it serious anymore. People say City do, but they don't. They just played the second starting eleven, which would no. finish in the top four yeah. in the Premier League anyway. So yeah. they're not taking it seriously. The players that they're given a rest are just, you know, the players who are coming in are just good enough to play for every team in the Premier League. But like you said, get to the semi-final. If you could get through the two legs and then, you know, then in terms of being favourites, you've got Salah and they should be back. And then you go into a cup final against either Spurs or Chelsea, who you know we've shown that we can give. We'll definitely give them a game, um, and it's just a it's just a one off. But you're in a semi final, of course, you want to win it. And you know, if Liverpool finish top four and win a Carabao Cup, at least you've got a trophy at the end of the season to show for it.
1: Uh, another quick one on this is um, I saw some interesting comments on Twitter about. Whether you play, if you get to the final, I know there's a lot of football to be played before getting to the final. But hypothetically, if Liverpool do get to the final and, and Keller has played every game in goal, do you give him the final? No, no,
0: I, I don't, I, 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 I don't. Listen, if Liverpool had got to the Champions League final last season and Van Dijk and Joel matic were fit, would you have still played Nat Phillips and Reese Williams just because they got you there? No, the, but the Champions <laughs> League,
1: the Champions League's much bigger though, isn't it than, than the League Cup? I'm just playing devil's advocate because so I actually agree with your point, but obviously the point is that he's not let you down. He's not, he's not made any mistakes along the way. So why it seems a little yeah. harsh, maybe not to give him the day out.
0: I think we've seen it before. Was it Watford played City in the FA Cup final and herelio Gomez had played in goal yeah. every game up until the final. And then they dropped him in the final and then got beat six, seven nil. So I do, I, I do get your point. Um, but there's got to be a part of, you know, like, of Kelleher, you know, make a case for Nico Williams. He's played every game, uh, all the way through, Menemino and Origi, where they must know if they got to the final that, you know, they, they've played a part in Liverpool winning it because, obviously, they've got us through, like you say, Kelleher's got us through round after round. Um, the penalty saves against Leicester and, you know, we've made, saved a penalty as well against Norwich. You know, what a crucial time in the game at 1-0. So, I do understand your point, but... There's, there's no room for sentiment in a final um you know we, it, at the end of the day if Liverpool win it they'll still get the trophy right you know, the the medals around the neck and still be able to to walk around with the trophy but you know common sense comes into play where I don't think Kelleher's going to be knocking on the front door screaming at Jurgen Klopp saying <laughs> he deserves to play instead of instead of Alisson um but yeah, if we were playing a lesser opponent, like, no disrespect, but if we were playing a team from the Championship or if we were playing a lower Premier League side, maybe, you know, you're playing a Newcastle or Burnley in the final, then yeah, go on. You, but Chelsea and Spurs, no, I, I think you've got to go for your strongest team.
1: I, I agree. I just thought it would be it is an interesting um, little discussion. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I think unless... Um, Alisson probably won't be back for the Arsenal game anyway, so Kelleher will probably get... Get that first leg, but I wouldn't be surprised if Allison is in one of you know in the in the Anfield game. Um, before we leave, then just one more on this Arsenal game. We talked about this Arsenal game a lot. By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably have been called off anyway. But um, <laughs> without the absences, which we've already talked about, to death and we know are going to hurt our starting eleven, and it's not going to be the strongest Liverpool team who ever plays. But even if everyone was fit. Arsenal, awesome. playing Arsenal at the moment, is a tricky tie, isn't it, really? Because they've had a really good last probably two or three months. They've, they're have they currently fourth in the league. It's probably the highest position that they've had this late in a season for a number of years. Um, Mikel Arteta was under a bit of pressure at the start of the season, lost a few games. They lost to Brentford on the first day. They got battered by Man City, battered by us. But at the moment, they seem to be ticking along a lot better than they probably have been since Wenger's left, really.
0: Yeah, I think they've been going about the business quietly, to be honest. And I think that's the best thing for Arsenal. I think, you know, especially with the fans, you know, and you know, social media and stuff like that. If they always talk Arsenal up, and then when it all comes crumbling down, then then that's it. It's Wenger out, it's Arteta out. And I think they've just been a little bit bit more stable over the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, like you said. I think the last defeat. Before the city game was us, and uh, well, no, they play, got beat by Everton. But then before that, you know, they went a couple of weeks, you know, two months without you know getting beat. Um, obviously, Arteta, I think, working under Pep's probably done in wonders in terms of you know he's got a Bamiang out of that team now. He's got the last I think that's the last of the poison ivy out of that starting eleven, and I think you're now starting to see you know he was playing week in week out ahead of Martinelli, and now you see Martinelli come in because he's been taken out and. He's arguably you know, one of the best young players in the Premier League this season. Yeah. Um, I think because we've got to see right. a lot more of him because Aubameyang's not playing. But the thing is, though, with Arsenal is, and I think we saw it more more than ever in that City game. Is I still think they have that little sense of they'll just collapse. So they you know they go one 0 up, you know, they give away the penalty, and it's only one one. You know, keep your heads up, play for the one one. They have mm-hmm. that chance where Martinelli misses it. Um, you know, it should be 2-1 and then the heads just crumble and you can see that. So I still think that sense of the old Arsenal were the, uh, the rest can go if they go 1-0 The down. good thing
1: about this Arsenal team is that they've got a lot of room for growth whereas the other Arsenal teams over the last few years where that kind of accusation will be levelled at them as not having the mental resilience or maybe they bottle it you know when it comes to the crunch this Arsenal team is full of players like Emil Smith-Rowe Bukayo Saka Martinelli you know, to a lesser extent, even the guys like Ben White and Gabrielle at the, at the back, where you, while that kind of mental resilience and stuff, that might come. Whereas a lot of these teams in the past for Arsenal, they were really experienced players, but they didn't have the mental ability to to, to win when it matters. Whereas this team can grow into that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I meant with like the poison ivy sort of know, You always saw these teams just Arsenal get battered, you know, three four 0 every time they play the top six away from home and would not have a shot on target. I do think that mental resilience will come with this young team because they're going to be winning together, they're going to be losing together. They're a young group. It's a young back four. Aaron Ramsdale's still only what twenty one. Hmm. You've just got Ben White, Gabriel. You've got the Tavares at left back, and then you've uh, you know you've got um, Tommy Asu at right back, was you know a young defender. So I do think that will come. I just think it's not the right now. And I think that's what gives Liverpool, even with all the injuries, I think that's what gives Liverpool the edge in this one. Because if we go to the Emirates and let's say, you know, like you said, it might be called off after all this and all this analysis. But yeah. if, if it finishes nil, nil, or it finishes 1-1, <coughs> excuse me, then because of that same old Arsenal, because they haven't grown fully as a team yet, if they go 1-0 down at Anfield early on, you can see it then being 2-3-4 like it was. Because when we played them in the Premier League the other month, also played really well defensively yeah. until that first goal went in and then that was it. The floods get... Tavares was given the ball away left, right and centre. Um, yeah. And I think, that's just, I think that's just what it is. I think they'll grow as a team and they, they will develop into a really good team. Like you said, Saka, Smith, Roll and players like that. But just at this moment in time, I think... Beating Liverpool in a cup 5 in a semi-final to get to a final might just come too soon for this group of players.
1: Well, let's hope you're right. Um, and that brings today's show to <laughs> an end. So, James, good to see you as always. Thank you.
0: Yeah, good to see you, mate. It's good to uh, speak to you after a couple of
1: weeks. Yeah, and we'll be back next week. We'll hopefully be bringing you the reaction to the Arsenal game and the Shrewsbury game in the Cup as well. But if not, I'm sure we'll find something else to talk about. Um, Liverpool news never really stops, does it? But until then, there's plenty more you can get from us online at anfieldcentral.co.uk and on our Twitter as well, at anfield underscore central. But until then, thank you and goodbye.